0: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie Updowns, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show in store. Today on the show is my friend Jordan Lee Dooley from our That Sounds Fun tour live conversation in Indianapolis. Throughout this month, you've gotten to hear these shows. If you weren't able to make it in person or if you're in a different city, We have this week is the last week of them, and we did, in each city, save some of the interviews just for the live audience, but you're going to hear most of it here. And if you haven't heard the episodes before this, back up. This is a stellar month of conversations Jordan Lee Dooley is a best-selling author, podcaster, and entrepreneur. I think my favorite thing about Jordan is that she teaches ambitious women how to build a business from their home. I was so happy to sit down with her in Indy and hear more of her story. I mean, she goes in, y'all, she goes in. I am really excited for y'all to hear this conversation with my friend, Jordan Lee Dooley. Would you please join me And welcoming our guest, best-selling author, incredible speaker, my friend Jordan Lee Dooley. (laughs) I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Um, Hi, we're in your like town, right? You live kind of close to here.
1: Very close to my town. Yeah, like 30 minutes from here.
0: Okay, and you're an Indiana girl forever. Yeah, born and raised in the cornfield. The rest of you. Yes. I love the story of how you and your husband met. Will you start oh, there because it makes me we're having oh, a lot of marriage talk currently. Let's go.
1: So he would tell you probably a different side of the story.
0: Fascinating.
1: But we all just have Instagram to think is basically <laughs> where I come back to. So when I was in college, Instagram had started to become something we you know, we were starting to make that transition from Facebook, but we were probably still all pretty much on Facebook. So I had like a hundred friends on Instagram. Okay. And our football team beat Penn State, which was a big deal because they won, like, one game that year. Yeah. And so... That
0: one. Penn State. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was a big deal. I was all excited. And I had a couple friends from high school who walked on the football team. So they started posting all these locker room photos of everyone and celebrating the win.
0: What school were you, reminding? Indiana. Oh, yeah. Indiana okay, University. Good. Any Hoosiers oh. here? Yeah, okay, fine. What are we supposed to say? Go Hoosiers? Go Hoosiers.
1: No one knows what a Hoosier is. So we just named our dog that, thinking that would work. That's the mascot. Yeah, I don't
0: I don't know what it is. No one knows. Okay, no great. Knows. That makes me feel okay. better. That if I'm anyone not here the
1: knows, one. maybe you should inform us, but I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> so but you were one, and you still I are. I was. Okay, great. we
1: just don't know what it is. So Sure. Anyway, um, so long story short, I saw some of my friends posting about the the win, and I saw them tagging some guys, so I just started following everyone frantically. I was so excited. Matt puts it this way. He says, yeah, she just kind of cast her net out, and I was the fish that flopped in,
0: (laughs) which may be true. (laughs) I don't hate your moves. I do not hate your moves.
1: So, uh, yeah, and then long story short, he followed me back. And I started to notice him liking my photos. I was tutoring one of his teammates. I said, do you know who Matt Dooley is? Do I know him? She's, he, and he thought I had met him. He's oh. like, oh, yeah, you've probably met him at a football gathering or he's friends with us. So I thought, oh, gosh, now I kind of feel bad. So I reached out and I said, have we met? Have we? Yeah. Turns out he lived across the street. So he comes walking over later that evening and we talked for four hours. And the rest is history. Four so hours. Four that was hours. It. Yeah. Yeah. We just like connected on everything. He says it's like catching up with an old friend and it really was. Aww. So it was fun.
0: Yeah. Okay. So did you start, your, what a lot of us know you for is building businesses. You've built a lot of businesses.
1: <laughs> I need to get, yeah. <laughs> you need to get what? <laughs> I'm like, I need to sometimes just pick one and focus <laughs> on.
0: <laughs> No, no, no. Go for it, girl. Um, when, did you start your first Etsy shop when you were in college? Yeah.
1: What was yeah. the first one? It was called Soul Scripts, which still yeah, kind of which is exists. is coming it's back, very right? Different. Yep, it came yeah. back this year. Very different than it was, but it started as an Etsy store. I was doodling. Thought that was fun. My boyfriend at the time, now husband, made the suggestion. He said, you know, you're kind of good at that doodling thing. You should start an Etsy store. And I thought, wow, for a football player, you're pretty artsy. So... Uh, <laughs> I looked into it and put some stuff on the internet and made my first sale to a lady in Texas. And I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And I just kind of rolled with it from there.
0: Were y'all already Christians at this point? Yeah. Okay. I was a baby, baby Christian though.
1: Like I had, I feel like I had just kind of found that and found my personal faith. And yeah. so it was this interesting thing because I was in a sorority, getting ready to graduate in this relationship, falling in love with the Lord and started to share that very publicly. So it kind of became a part of that brand a little bit with my Etsy story. Oh, I would just wow. share a picture of a mug and tell a story about Jesus because yeah. that's how you market mugs, I guess. So <laughs> it's
0: fine. <laughs> how we, I don't know this story. We've been friends a long time and I don't know the story of you not really walk in with the Lord until you, college. Yeah.
1: So I grew up, I would say, you know, in with a faith in the sense that I always believed in God. My family went to church. But it was one of those things that I just kind of did. Like I went to private Catholic school my whole life. So it was just kind of like I knew what was the right thing to do and what wasn't the right thing to do. And then I went to college and I went to Indiana university and I was like, I'm kind of over this. And so I had fun my freshman year and just kind of, you know, did that. (laughs) And then one Saturday morning after picking up enough shot glasses, I was like, I don't know if I really want this to be my life. Like what's going on? And so it just kind of started to be something that piqued my interest by the time I was a sophomore and just started to explore more and more and slowly became more of a personal thing. I started going to campus crew yeah. and just getting connected with, you know, people who were pouring into me in life. And it was just really an interesting experience to take it from like, oh, I've known about this my whole life. And then turning it into like, oh, this is actually a really personal thing, rather than wow. like a, a thing to do, if that makes sense.
0: Right. So did you see a difference in God's activity in your life after that? Or do you feel like he was always real active? And did it feel different?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting how you can be aware of God. And it's another thing how you can know God, if that makes sense.
0: Somebody better write that down. (laughs) You can be aware of God or you can know God.
1: Yeah. So I think I was always kind of aware and I would, you know, try to go to church occasionally and whatnot before. in that kind of couple year period where it just wasn't so something that seemed so important. I just knew I was supposed to do it. Yeah. And then when it became like, wow, this is a God who's personal and he actually is speaking to me through friends or like I'm starting to learn how to read the Bible and like just it suddenly became like, wow, I feel like I get to know you. And this is really different.
0: Yeah. One of the things I love about you is you're, you're, we're both builders. We both like, like you can imagine when Jordan and I get going, we're like, what are you building? What are you building? How do we make, you know, we just like light that, that's built into you. Where do you see, I, I kind of want to know about you and God and building. Mm-hmm. And like when you get an idea in your head, how do you know? Because so many of our friends, I mean, I'd heard it in the VIP, want to write books, want to start a company, are running a company. Mm-hmm. How do you know in your head when the idea is a God idea and when it's a Jordan idea? And does it matter?
1: Yeah, see, here's how I think about this. I think I like that she got I'm just She's like, like, listen, everyone, let's go there. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> no, I really, I started to realize something. And I want to know this actually from everyone. Do you ever feel like sometimes you get an idea and you procrastinate or you overthink it so much and you're like, does God want me to do this? Yes. And then you just sit there and you sit there and you sit there. And I think what I've learned over the last couple of years is that sometimes God leads us from the front and it's like, boom, this is the thing you need to do. And it's obviously like something I'm calling you to do. But I think a lot of the time he leads us from behind. I think sometimes he's like, hey, I'm giving you these different options or I've given you this idea or these talents or these experiences or this education or these relationships. And there's this option you can pursue. And as long as you honor in me in it, like you're good. And I think sometimes we just like really overthink these things. So I've kind of gotten to this place where I'm like, well, if it's not an idea that God's on, I think he's going to make that really obvious, but I'm going to make sure I honor him in every idea I pursue. And then I don't have to overthink it so much. So I kind of had to think of it like that.
0: That's brilliant. The leading (laughs) from behind. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. That feels like so much freedom.
1: Well yeah, I think I think we can sometimes get this idea that it's just gonna be like painted across the sky. Yes. You know, and so then we just do nothing. And I'm a doer. So I'm like, God, I can't wait for you to paint something across the sky. No, I'm just kidding. But you know.
0: <laughs> but actually we're not kidding. But you and I right, we don't I have the time. It. My calendar I'm is like, tight. I
1: do not have time. Right. So, um, no, but you know, I just think sometimes God gives us two or three or four perfectly fine options. None of them are dishonoring or bad ideas. And I think sometimes we get like decision paralysis, like we're yeah. so afraid to make the wrong decision as if we're powerful enough to mess up our plan or God's plan for our life. We're not We're we hearing her. Okay. So I just try not to overthink the idea. I'm like, if it's a good idea, if it can help other people and it brings me life and I trust that God's on it, I'm just going to go for it. And if it falls apart, I'll be like, got it. Cause I think sometimes we have to learn by doing. I really do. I think we get clarity through action. And as long as it's not something morally wrong or harmful to ourselves or others, I don't see why not taking the first step.
0: Have you seen them fall apart as you've gotten into yes. ideas?
1: Yes. Um, yes.
0: <laughs> She's like, all the way, yes. yes all the way too. to the
1: point where I'm like crying over a bowl of pasta and Matt's like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've seen them fall apart and I've, I've seen some of the ones that I thought were going to be the most successful, like the, this is it, right? Like this is the thing. And then it's just like, womp, womp. Yeah. And then I've seen the ones that I thought were like, we'll just kind of throw it out there. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah. It worked, and I wasn't even really trying. So that, And that's kind of how you can sometimes discern, like, where does God really want you to step next? And what's the thing he's yeah. highlighting? But you don't always know that until you try. Right. So I'm a big believer in action. I mean,
0: for all of us, I think whether you're wanting to make something new or a new relationship or um, a new job or a new church, maybe it's like you're moving to a new city. And I, I talked to someone earlier who's moving to Nashville. And, I mean, you just, if you're waiting on an invitation to the first step, you may be missing out on the first step. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, when you think about that with what you've built, let's go through the list of what you've built, shall we? Too many things. Yeah, too many things, which is awesome.
1: Um, well, let's see. You have the Academy. I built an education brand. Yes. Um, a retail side of, which is Soul Scripts, it's just kind of gone through many phases, and then publishing and a podcast and a couple other random things that didn't work out so well, so we just
0: won't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think the conversation about soul scripts is really interesting because it's your first thing that you've kind of rebuilt and shifted around. Yeah. Yep. And talk about the freedom because I would imagine there's some, I feel this in one area of my business, mm-hmm. of like how do we let something change when everybody's used to it being something else? It's
1: really, really hard to turn a moving ship is how I describe it. Yeah. Like if you think about a big old ship that's just like, it, it takes a while for it to turn. And if you start to sense like, okay, this is either not in alignment with what I need to be doing or it's actually confusing me. I literally said one day, I was, this was a few years ago, it started when I was really young and it just kind of happened. And I got to a point where I was like, this is starting to feel more like a blob than something clear. That's a how blob. I describe yeah. things. It's a blob. And um, I talk like a third grader. And yeah. <laughs> And so... What I meant by that, though, was that there, it was so many things that it just kind of, that I tried and added to it, and it just didn't have a lot of clarity for me. Yeah. And so I felt like something needs to be refined in this. It needs to be trimmed down. It needs to be simplified. The, the Things need to be clearer. So I kind of took a step back, and I, after my first book came out, I just said, you know, I think... Say the title of the first one again. Own Your Every Day.
0: Own Your Every Day. That's mm-hmm. right.
1: Okay. And so that came out in May of 2019, and in August of 2019, we held a warehouse sale and closed down this first business which kind of felt like super counterintuitive because it was working, it was profitable, it was popular, like everybody loved it, but it just felt like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Wow. And I didn't have that piece that I sometimes have when I just take action and I roll with it. And so it was weird because it felt kind of backwards. It's like, that's not what you do. That doesn't make sense. When something works, you run with it, right? right? But it just, it worked, I think, from the outside looking in, but from the inside looking at it, it felt like something wasn't quite there or working. So I just had to follow that piece, and I just prayed about it, and I chose to just do a warehouse sale, close it down, and see what happened. And so anyways, it was a really interesting lesson, I think, that I learned in that of learning how to let go of a good thing. Because I think we can hold on to good things or things that seem good but that are actually really draining us. Like I was so, I think, spiritually burnt out. I was so emotionally drained I just was pulled in so many at that point also my podcast had grown my publishing thing was growing I was like being pulled in so many directions and I was like 24 years old I was like what am I doing with my life I just like need to go eat cereal and chill for a (laughs) sec you know so I just needed to take a break and then maybe I was 25 but I was just at this point where I was like this is too much and it was really beautiful the way that by letting go of a good thing God gave me the clarity I needed in that season to bring it back better in a more sustainable way in a way that was clearer a way that was wiser But the willingness to let go is sometimes the the actual step we need to take. And it feels backwards at times.
0: Yeah. Hey, friends, just taking a short break from this conversation to talk about one of our incredible partners ritual. You know, I find it really important that we know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take each and every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms. And you won't find things like sugars, GMOs, major allergens, synthetic fillers, or artificial colorants. Plus, they have a minty fresh taste and delayed release capsule design that makes taking your vitamins easy. Our bodies need to be treated like a friend. And for me, that looks like doing my best to take care of my whole self, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, that's why my ritual vitamins are a part of my daily routine it's a way that i can be sure i'm putting good things into my body and supplementing where there may be gaps in my diet a multivitamin should contain key nutrients and forms your body can actually use and one of the things i love about ritual is that you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from they're one-of-a-kind visible supply chain allows everything to be traceable how cool is that And bonus, Ritual makes it super easy to stay committed to this routine. Ritual multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your order. So get key nutrients without any of the stuff you don't want. Ritual is offering, my friends, 10% off during your first three months. So visit ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. And now back to our conversation with Jordan Lee Dooley. for being real vulnerable tomorrow is the last episode of a podcast I've done for a year and a half Mm. called Annie and Eddie keep talking Mm. and it feels like letting go of a good thing yeah and it just you just kind of go like I
1: it's like bittersweet yeah and it's you question it a little bit too Has anyone here ever felt like they had to let go of a good thing? I'm just curious. Yes. Like whether that was a guy that you just knew wasn't forever, but he was like nice to watch movies with (laughs) or look at or look at, let's be honest. (laughs) Or uh, or something else, a small business, a job, like anything. I think sometimes we find ourselves in these places where it's like, this was great for a season. Or it was great as it was for a season. And that may, that doesn't mean it could never come back in a new way. It doesn't mean I'll ever never do work similar to that. But sometimes you have to release something to really, I think, see it refined or see the ne- see the next thing through. So it's hard.
0: It's so hard because often yeah. the thing you have to let go of is good. Mm-hmm. And what I think keeps being promised to us in Scripture and in life is that you can't hold on to the good thing and get the great thing. Yeah.
1: Well, that and I also think that we sometimes assume that if the decision is hard, it must be the wrong decision.
0: Oh, yep.
1: And I think sometimes I've found that it's actually the hardest decision that's the right decision. So that's, I think, part of the challenge that comes with letting go of a good thing. You think, like, well, it should feel easy.
0: Yeah. It should
1: feel just like complete peace on it, and this is what I do, and it's easy, and everything just falls into alignment, and the dominoes just fall. And that's not always what happens. I mean, that
0: is just not being human. Mm-hmm. I just I keep being surprised when life is... Harder than I think it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then yeah. it's like, well, it's, there's a lot of humans involved. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot l- of mess. There's a lot of mess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so when in you, your life, I mean, I'm like processing this with you like we're having coffee because mm-hmm. it is it is hard for me to let go of a good thing mm-hmm. when I don't know what happens next. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so what is that? What are the things you say to yourself? What are the faith things that you cling to? when the good thing is gone and they're the next thing. I mean, anyone who's ever had a breakup feels this. Yeah. Or moved to a new city and mm-hmm. is there alone. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, anytime we've let go of a good thing without a promise of the next thing being great, because sometimes the next thing isn't great. Yeah. What sometimes do we say the next
1: ourselves? thing sucks even worse. Right. So I don't know if you're supposed to say that word in Are church. Are we allowed to
0: say that? Uh, we're fine. No it's one's fine. yelling. Okay. So they'll <laughs> yell at me later. They'll let you. They'll just be nice to you because you're a Hoosier. <laughs> So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> when the next thing sucks worse than the thing you oh, just yeah. gave up, that was good. That's the worst. That's the worst. Yeah. That's the worst. Long story short, that's the worst. <laughs> but that happens. Yeah, it's it so frustrating. Yeah, it's literally think, like I thought I gave this up for, yeah. and then it's not that. Yes. Right. Yeah, I think feelings. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting is, you know, I like sometimes when you think you're making a move in obedience. Like, okay, I'm letting this thing go or, or even if you don't make the decision and the thing just lets go for you, right? Like just unexpected interruptions in the plan. Like you have this idea of like, like I always, I describe it as this feeling of almost, like it was almost where it needed to be. Like he was almost there, but like, he just didn't really respect me or like, it was almost the right business, but it was just getting a little confusing or it was almost whatever. Like this is that feeling. And I think. That's what creates this huge frustration. That's but the
0: worst feeling too. The almost feeling is so bad because you know you can hang on because yeah. it's almost.
1: Right. Anyways, but what I, what I found really interesting and really aggravating at the same time is like what you were saying. Sometimes you let go of a good thing and you expect there to be this like blessing. Like, thank you, my good and faithful servant. And sometimes it's just <laughs> like, like, I'm going to kick you a little more, you know? Right. And I'm like, wait, I thought I was going to get this blessing out of this. And in fact, life just got harder or something didn't go how I thought it was going to go. And... It's interesting because I think what you were asking about, like, what are the things you tell yourself when that happens? Sometimes I'm like, I don't really tell myself anything. Sometimes I'm like, I don't get it. But there's also times that, especially through, you know, hardship and through trials and uh, things that don't make sense, or you think you're going to get a blessing and you don't. A big thing that I have learned over the last, I would say, year to year and a half is that unexpected gains can be born out of unwanted pain.
0: One more time, unexpected gains. Unexpected
1: gains can be born out of unwanted pain.
0: Unexpected gains can be born out of unwanted pain.
1: And sometimes they're not gains that you wanted or that you asked for, but they're character shaping, they're refining, they give you clarity, they help you find contentment in seasons you didn't think you'd be content in. And so it's interesting how there is a pain that comes with letting go of a good thing, right? Or there is a, a wrestling that comes with that whatever it is and sometimes we expect it to just be like okay but if i do this i'll get the reward and sometimes it's a reward deferred yeah and sometimes that reward deferred is refining you know and it's it's shaping you it's refining you it's chipping away the things in you that you never really liked you know or that you knew were kind of problems or or flaws or character issues that you just kind of need to work through so Interestingly it's like it's it's kind of like how they say like purpose can be born out of pain. Yeah. But I think it's even de- it's like there can actually be gifts in the process of letting something go or not getting what you thought you would on the other side or things not working out how you thought. And it's funny because sometimes I'm like god, I didn't want that gift. Right. Like I wanted that gift, you know, and so sometimes that's the the biggest part is getting gifts you didn't really ask for. It's like on Christmas when you're 6 and you really wanted the Barbie dreamhouse but you got Play-Doh. <laughs>
0: Those are not equal. right?
1: (laughs) And what you don't realize is like there's good in the Play-Doh. It teaches you its whole, like, I don't know how to be an artist, but it teaches you something, right? Yes. But it may not have been the gift that you wanted, but maybe it was the better gift for you. Okay, so how do you deal with
0: that disappointment, though? How do you deal with the disappointment of, because we all, if we had time to take this microphone off my face and we could pass our microphones around and be like, what's been disappointing? Everybody has an answer. How do you deal with the disappointment of that?
1: You go for a long run and then eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's Okay
0: <laughs> first. Respect. No, I, I think you start I think you start
1: with the very human response of like, I just need to feel the feelings. Yeah. And I just need to deal with that. Cause I think there can be a lot of churchy responses of like, well, you read or you pray and Sometimes I'm like, yeah, but I also just need to be, like, mad for a second or yes, frustrated. Yes. And I like to be like, you have permission to do that. Because I think then you can really work through, like, what it is and why you're disappointed. And, I mean, there's, I think, I don't know if it's C.S. Lewis or Tim Keller, but there's a quote that says something like, disappointment reveals, like, our idols, kind of, like, yeah. what we've glorified. So
0: that's super Either humbling. of those guys could have said that, for sure. Yeah, somebody so, no, wise. or C.S. Lewis, either I'm going to said that. Yeah,
1: somebody much wiser than me said that. But, um, you know, I think there's some truth to that, but... And that's not an easy thing to hear. So I think it starts with like, let's just process it like a human first and just feel the feelings, talk it out, eat the ice cream, do the thing. And then kind of work through like, okay, let us let me get to the root of why this is disappointing for me. And And it can vary. Sometimes the answer is like, well, it's disappointing for me because I thought others had this expectation of me to do X, Y, Z, but I don't actually want to do X, Y, Z. So is it actually disappointing to me or is it, mm. you know, so there's that kind of answer. And then there's other answers like, this, this is truly something I really value. Yeah. And this is truly something I feel very called to. So what do I need to do to stick it out? What do I need to do to get the answers I need to get or to try again or to, to find the courage to go for it again? And so I think it really varies, but I think it starts with why. Like, why am I disappointed? And am I really disappointed or am I afraid others are going to be disappointed in me? Mm. Or did, it, did I pursue this kind of arbitrarily because it sounded cool or because yeah. my friend did it or because my sister did it? So I think it starts there. And then once you get to the root of like, no, this is truly something that's important to me, or mm, maybe, maybe it's not. Once you know that you can, I feel like, deal with it in the most healthy way.
0: One of the things I love about being your friend is I feel like you are very human first. Very like, yeah, we're just going to feel this. Mm-hmm. We're going to experience this. I feel like one of the things you do beautifully on Instagram is you like tell the truth. Mm-hmm. You will show things that I don't think other people mm-hmm. are willing to show or share or mm-hmm. talk about. Because you want us all to be able to say, "Yeah, me too." Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like you invite us like that. How, mm-hmm. how, someone asked me this earlier, and I don't know my answer very well, but I was hoping you could answer. No, I sure hope so. Then, um, <laughs> what? How do you find that level of vulnerability that feels right but isn't too far? How do you decide mm-hmm. what is public and what isn't public?
1: You know, going back to being human, you don't till you like learn the hard way. Sometimes yeah. um, there's been times where I'm like, "Ooh, I kind of regret sharing all that," you know, and then there's other times where I'm like. Oh no, that was good. So you know, I think it's again sometimes by trial and error, which kind of stinks. I wish there was like here's the three step plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but sometimes it's like crap. I messed that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I do think that there's a difference between, and I've had to start learning this recently. There's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Have you ever heard this?
0: No, but I'm ready. Okay,
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who came up with it, but Jordan Lee Dooley did. So you <laughs> go
0: ahead, sis.
1: So it's a it's a visual where transparency is like standing in a glass box and allowing someone to see in. It's kind of like, yeah, I, here, you know, here's my face without makeup. I struggle with cystic acne or I walked through this hard thing or like, I'm like you, right? Like I, I, I get it. And vulnerability is like you, the glass box shatters and you let someone in and actually like walk in it with you. Uh- so I don't consider myself vulnerable very well. Like I'm not very good at vulnerability unless that's with my yeah, husband and I'm like a sobbing mess all over him. Like she sure. deals with the vulnerability, but <clears throat> it, I think I'm better at being transparent, but vulnerability requires you to be, like, truly seen and then also helped without being able to repay. And as an achiever, that's kind of hard. I'm sometimes like, no, 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 but, like, now I want to help you. Right. Or I want to return the favor. And so that can be challenging. So when it comes to transparency, especially online, I think what can be challenging is, like, as a writer Your life is like a big part of your career. And Uh it can be hard to like, it's like Velcro. It's like all the stickies come off when you try to. And so it's been a lesson for me learning how do you share experiences that you've had, especially if you can share them in the past tense, but maybe not. I think sometimes we think, oh, that has to have happened 20 years ago for me to share about it. I don't necessarily know if that's true. It can have happened six months prior. But that doesn't mean you need to be sharing like a, and this is what I've really focused on this year, is like I've shared parts of my story from the past. But in the moment, there's points where it's like, this is private. This is sacred. I don't have to give live feed updates. I can share in past tense, though. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a boundary line for me. It's like once yeah. it's passed and it's happened, I think once I can pull something out of that is when I can share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've learned that lesson through just various different experiences over the last several years.
0: Are transparency and vulnerability both spiritual? Are they both mm-hmm. important? I would say so because I think there's
1: a lot of value in transparency. I think transparency is a hu- is really related to authenticity, I would say.
0: Because, Keep going.
1: Because <laughs> the reason I think that is because if we're, you know, if everything is kind of this like made up, everything seems great and perfect and you know, we're presenting this to the world. Right. There's points at which I think that's okay. Like, you know, I always say like you can only be so real on the internet. Because it's literally a snapshot in time. It can only be so real on the internet, right. And I Highlight real stuff. Yeah, and I also think there's... Well, and I also think what's interesting is there's this push in the last five or so years to be real online to the point at which it's become, like, like the popular thing to do. Yeah. And I kind of started to catch on to that. I was like, I feel like that shouldn't be something you have to prove. I think it should just be <laughs> obvious if you're genuine. Yeah. And obviously on social media you can only share so much. So anyways, long story short... Um, I think authenticity is related to transparency in the sense that connecting with people, sharing your story, you know. To the point at which you're comfortable. I think there is an element of that is a relationship builder, mm. but what builds a deep, deep, like lasting connection is like that next level, which is vulnerability. So I think they're both important, just in their own ways. And every relationship's different. The relationship I have with someone on social media is entirely different than the relationship I have with my neighbor across the street, right. or my mom. And those right. are the type of people I can break down on a cry, you know, on a walk with, and just have a moment. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't do that probably online, you know. So it's just there's different ways in which we can connect, and I think they're both important and spiritual because they're ways to connect is just knowing the boundary line
0: yeah there when I think about last year about 2020 mm-hmm. you're I remember parts of your story you had things scheduled you had mm-hmm. travel you mm-hmm. had all that stuff and we didn't do any of it mm-hmm. so you and Matt are at home mm-hmm. and I felt like in that season you got incredibly vulnerable mm-hmm. maybe transparent mm-hmm. both
1: both We'll call with
0: both. all of us on mm-hmm. social media tell me about your 2020 what was that like and what like What'd you learn about marriage? Being at home with Matt for a year,
1: um, I have lost all control.
0: <laughs> like you just of talk, everything, of yes. everything, like I not know.
1: of of marriage, of like of all your expectations. You yeah. know, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying about that feeling of almost, like feeling like, oh, that almost worked out. That's weird. You know, yeah. Yeah. and I had it was interesting. It was almost like like in January I had a plan for the year, and then something went wrong, and I had to replan my year. And I was like, I got it.
0: Okay. (laughs) I got it. February is going to be great. I was like, yeah.
1: So then I, you know, have everything planned. We're in the process of getting everything ready. And then March happens and the world shuts down. And I was like, oh, okay. We got to replan again. So we replanned again, did that whole thing. June, another catastrophe happens. I'm like, I'm done planning. You know, I just was like, and so it was interesting how, you know, I had this idea of how not only 2020 would go, but also just how life would go. And I feel like I kind of had this. And as much as I still tend to want to put make a fist around things. I think I'm a little bit more like, I wanna say I'm like this. I feel like I'm more like that.
0: (laughs) For the audio, she's holding an orange.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like closed fisted versus open-handed, I'm somewhere in the middle. Yeah, you're
0: holding an orange. You're in the middle. Yeah. Hey, friends, just taking another quick break from this conversation to give a shout out to our awesome partners, Pros. Don't you love when you find the perfect hair products that give you amazing hair days? With Pros, that's exactly what you get. Pros is the world's most personalized hair care, and they know that we don't always find the results we're looking for in the traditional hair care items we find on the shelves. So they did something about it. They combine natural ingredients and in innovative ways to give you clean, customized hair care that really works. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. I've been using my personalized shampoo and conditioner that Pros created for me after I took the simple and easy quiz on their website. I just answered a few questions about the climate here in Nashville and some of my routines, like what I eat and my exercise habits, and shared what I was looking to address with my hair. And they took that information to create personalized hair care products that have made my hair stronger, shinier, and smoother without losing any volume. The summer humidity is no one's friend, but my special formulated products, I swear, have saved my hair from frizzing up or falling flat. I love that my pros products are formulated with clean ingredients and they smell so good. Plus, they look really pretty in your shower. I know you'll love getting personalized and effective hair care products made from their unique blend of over 50 billion formula combinations. That's billion with a B, y'all. That's how many pros has available and they use their review and refine feature to continually optimize your personal experience so they can tweak your formulas for any reason, seasonal or lifestyle changes. So every delivery of your personalized pros products just gets better and better. Every bottle is made to order. So you're guaranteed fresh and effective hair care. Recently pros launched custom hair supplements that help your hair grow longer, stronger, and thicker in 90 days that you can start implementing into your daily routine. Plus, if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take their products back, no questions asked. Now that is top-notch customer service. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash that sounds fun. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash that sounds fun for your free in-depth hair quiz. And 15% off. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. And you can join the club at pros.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to finish our conversation with Jordan.
1: So, that was something that I learned in 2020, I think, just to, to loosen my grip a little bit. I would be lying if it was just like, and, and I just let and it all go. Now I'm know. like, fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't
0: try to control it all. No, I'm just,
1: yeah. And But it's it was an interesting being, you know, being at home marriage. We I mean, we simplified our life. And I don't know if this is interesting to anyone, but we, here for it. we had a three-acre property that we bought because we thought it'd be fun to be Chip and Joanna Gaines when we were like newlyweds <laughs> that was a terrible idea <laughs> we had mice in our kitchen it no, was no catastrophic man. i have videos of matt like up on the couch holding a bowl trying to capture a mouse because who captures a mouse the bowl that's on what we the do Hoosiers. on the couch on the couch do i can't understand yeah i don't know but
0: what do. it was a thing <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> <laughs> on the couch well,
1: what we think to do yeah, you know yeah. so how I'm how long like,
0: have y'all been married now
1: Four and a half, almost five years. Okay. Four and a half years. We got married as children. Yeah. Fresh yeah. out of college.
0: That is very appropriate. And
1: um, so anyways, we bought this, you know, proper property, older home, colonial style home on three acres. And for the first year, it was really fun. We were like, oh, we're going to redo the kitchen. We're going to put a porch on it. It's going to be our dream home. We're going to raise our babies here. Like we had this whole vision. And then we started traveling a lot. We were never there. Our neighbors were feeding our chickens. We had chickens, by the way. One was named Pickles. Okay. That was my brother's idea. Feels right. If it, it was a special chicken, too. <laughs> it was a Polish chicken. Have you ever seen one what? of those?
0: Have you ever seen one From of those? From Poland? I don't know. <laughs> From an egg. I, I don't know. I think that's what Polish means, but I'm not sure. No, what do they look like?
1: After the show, Google a Polish chicken and then picture it being named Pickles, and you'll just understand. <laughs>
0: Okay, we'll do. Don't do it. It has now like and a special
1: little care. crown. It's interesting, and he was, oh, he was just special. Okay, but so, you had
0: so we had chickens. So we had chickens,
1: and our neighbors were feeding them because we were never home. And our life was just so crazy, busy, and we tried to get to these construction projects because our showers started linking into our kitchen, and great. mice were everywhere. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this, and yeah. and also live in it. You know, right? Like, I don't think they do that on HGTV. I think they like do the house and then they live in it, right? <laughs> so the reality of it started to set in. And we were trying to build businesses and renovate a home and do book tours and think about family. And there were just so many things. And I was kind of like, I don't know if we should live here. Yeah. And so after, we lived there for two years and we were like, you know, and also the, the owners, the original owners, they decided to make the yard like a park. So there were like a thousand planning beds with oh massive weeds. And I was like, I don't do this. <laughs> Mice and weeds. <laughs> Like I love the outdoors, but this is just but too not much. mice and weeds. not three not acres of weeds. Like no. I just cannot. No, so cannot. we eventually decided to simplify. We were like, you know, it was really hard though. Again, going back to letting go of a good thing. Yeah, I had this vision of painting the house white, putting shutters on it, new front porch, brand new kitchen. Like this was going to be our family home. So it was this thing. So this is also, I really fulfill the stereotype of like women can't make up their minds. Like I <laughs> literally am the epitome of that because I was like, we should sell the house. So he gets a realtor. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't sell the house. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. And then I'm like, well, no, we should. So then the realtor <laughs> gives us the sign and puts it in our yard. And I was like, it was there for three days. We got a call about it. I got a DM on Instagram, which kind of creeped me out. That's and very I was creepy. Like, okay, um, we really need <laughs> to leave now. Um, and then the sign was up, and it made me really nervous. And so I was like, let's just take it down. We can't put it on the market oh yet. Oh my gosh. I think I drove my husband crazy, but. <laughs> Eventually after, so then I think this realtor thought we were crazy too, because then we eventually tried to call him and say, We're ready to put it on the market. He never calls
0: <laughs> Yeah, he's like, now you aren't. I've done answer. this six times yeah. with y'all, not he's interested. Like, no.
1: So we found another realtor and I just didn't tell her about that. And a girl, that's
0: the way we do. We
1: eventually put it on the market. And so long story short, we you know simplified our property. But my point of sharing all of that is it was hard because we were letting go of this vision of what this was gonna be and this yeah. expectation. But in the process of kind of coming back to your question about what did you learn about marriage, I've really learned the power of simple, like simple living, which I thought living on, you know, out in the country with chicken and mice was like simple living for me. But it wasn't, not because of that, but because there were so many projects, there were so many expenses, there were so many to-dos, and it was just too much in that season of our life. I think that would be great in another season. So I think the challenge um, is really identifying like, is this really what I want? Is this right for us? Is right for the season we're in, yeah. Because what might be great on TV or for my friend who's in a completely different season of life may not be right for me. And so it was yeah. a hard decision, but we simplified, and now we have great neighbors, and life's great. So
0: uh, and life's great. Everything's good. I mean, everything's a mess, but <laughs> no, no. <it's>, yeah, <laughs> that part's um, better. I don't know. you are in, my in your twenties, right? Mm-hmm. I just think there's like, uh, y'all are hearing it too. There's just such wisdom in you mm-hmm. of knowing that everything is seasonal. Mm-hmm. I, I like hearing you recognize that you don't have to sort it all out today that you can I tell myself be.
1: that because my inner brain thinks that I do yeah like the deep inner part is like you've got to accomplish everything by 30 you're running out of time you, you know there's always that uh, like you are not
0: running out of time <laughs> p.s let me tell you what you got on your side time <laughs> you have a significant amount of time
1: and that's that's what I have to that's the thing that I keep reaching because yes. it's so easy to think that if you had an expectation for a certain point in your life, even if you're like, practically, I have time, right? Realistically, I would tell anyone else that. But it can be easy to get so caught up in what the vision of what would have happened by X, Y, and Z date is. So I have to kind of speak that over myself as like, it's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, because what do you think about 30 that you don't think about today? What's gonna? Why do things change at 30? It's, I think it's just an
1: achiever thing, you know? Or it's just a thing where you can fill in any age, though. Whether it's, I want to do this thing by the time I'm 40, by the time I'm 25, by the time I want to be married by the time I'm 25, I want to have all my kids by 35, I want to be retired by 60, like whatever the age is. I think we just, we look at the next milestone and it feels like it's coming and sometimes we don't live today because we're worried about then. So that's been the, that's been the battle I've lived recently is just the willingness to lean in and say like, this is a good thing and I have time, you know, right where I'm at, regardless of what that age
0: actually is. Yeah. What are you working on right now? I mean, I well, guess you just finished a book that we're not allowed to talk about. I just finished a book for the fourth time. I rewrite all my books like five thousand times. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You wrote the same book four times. Yes. That's not how we do this. I know. It's not how you do this. I need Annie coaching. I think. Uh, yeah, well, I got you. We write a book a time, <laughs> and then you pay the editor who is already going to touch your book after you wrote it four times.
1: So here's the here's the reason for this. I'm exhausted. It was exhausting. It is exhausting. It was like a year and a half process. I wrote a book with a half-finished end chapter. It was supposed to be tied up in this pretty little bow. Then my life imploded. And I was like, oh, the story didn't end that way. Great. So my editor was like, well, that's ironic because that's kind of what the book is about. She didn't say that, but I thought it. And she said...
0: She's like, my (laughs) editor said, but she didn't say. (laughs) Okay. She basically was like, well... We like what's going on in your head. What do we
1: do? (laughs) Yeah. So she said, she didn't say what I thought, I think I know she was thinking. Anyways, (laughs) this is why I rewrite my books four
0: times. I can't. I can't. You write your books four times. So she basically
1: said, let's give you some time to work on this and get it how you want. So then I rewrote, I scrapped it and I was like, okay, I'm starting over. Okay, because
0: you know what you could have done is just finish the last chapter. Yes. Okay, just next time, if there's half a chapter of a book done... Wait to be done. You don't have to redo all that.
1: I felt like, I think in my brain, I was like, oh, it all leads up to this last chapter, which is not true, but I thought that it did. So I had to scrap okay, the whole Okay, but that thing. is so
0: important for us to hear for real because, because the story didn't end the way you thought it would. You made yourself start all the way over. And
1: that's, but here, that's even deep. We can go deeper with that for a sec because that's how we feel. When you get so far along in a journey and you think the story's going to end a certain way right before you're happily ever after and it becomes a happily ever almost, you feel like you're back at the square one. Yes. And I think sometimes we tend to pencil in our own redemption story of like, well, this is how it's going to go. And that's kind of what I did. I like penciled in the rest of the story. And when it was completely opposite of that, I think, again, that was like one of those moments of like, oh my gosh, what do I, what do I idolize? But also it was like, wow. oh, wow, this whole thing's been blown up. Now I have to completely go start from scratch. And I think we feel that way. It's reflective of the experience. So in a way it was good, but I, I rewrote it and it turned into a memoir, which was never it was never supposed to be a memoir. So they were like,
0: It was supposed cool. to be like like your other ones that are kind of yeah. inspirational yeah. teaching. Like
1: short stories with teaching. Yeah. But I somehow just wrote a chronological story and turned it into my editor. She's like, This is good. Huh. This isn't quite what we were going for. <laughs> <laughs> Great book, wrong book. I was like, oh. So then they were like, let's give it a little more. So I, I think I technically rewrote it three times, but then there was a fourth phase of editing. So it was like an exhausting <laughs> process. So remember that next year when you're trying to decide if it's worth your 1099, you know, like.
0: <laughs> you're actually paying $2 per book <laughs> yeah. that you wrote. Yeah. Literally. Four for the price of one <laughs> yeah. is what we're about to get next spring. 100%. Jordan, <laughs> so, that's not how you do it. I know.
1: I told my mom, I was walking with my mom yesterday. She came down to visit. And I was like, I think the next time I write a book, I'm going to pick a really specific topic, like really specific that's not at all related to my life so that yeah, I don't have Lord to rewrite Yeah, the Lord never not let you write a book yeah. like that. I'm sorry to tell yeah. you. Yeah. I am sorry
0: to tell you. It that was too
1: much, but it was refining in the process. So. Your
0: writing is too important for God to let you write a book that's easy.
1: Yeah. That's and good.
0: so I'm sorry to tell you in front of all of our friends that my guess is you're never going to write a book that you don't sweat over. Mm-hmm. Because too many yeah. of us are changed by what you write. Oh, thanks. And so if you write the easy stuff, that's not the gospel stuff. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting because I, this is weird to admit, but cool. I texted a friend of mine, probably a friend of yours, Lisa Turkest, yeah. and I said, I'm scared to death to publish this book. And she yeah. said, why? I said, because I'm afraid that the enemy's going to attack me there. Because she had... Do you hear Le- them yeah. being with you? Lisa yes. has this whole thing. She's like, if you write it down, that's where you get attacked. I was like, "Then don't write it down. <laughs> I'm like,
0: run the other no way. No joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, you know, she had some really good encouragement for me. She just said, you know, like, she goes, you have to walk in obedience. This is what God's given you. Uh, and so it's, it goes back to even what you were talking about. Sometimes the hard thing to do is the right thing to do, even though it doesn't feel like the easy thing to do. And it's that grueling process of just like one step in front of the other. But that is kind of what I'm working on and also wrote a, created a journal. That's yeah. been fun. That's been good. a lot easier. A lot easier. Yeah. I only wrote that one once,
0: right? Well done.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so journal, book, and I just got new shelves put in my office, so I have like yes. an office space.
0: So there's, oh, that's like, great. Fun things happening. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. And your podcast. Say the name of it again. She. She. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the academy. Own it Academy. Own it Academy. What do we learn at Own it Academy? So
1: we have a starter program for women who want to start a small business because I felt like there was not a resource that was like, here's literally what you do. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. Yes, yes. Um, and so we just put it into a step-by-step process, and yeah. that's the primary thing that we have there. We have a, one other program for women who want to sell a book or a journal or some sort of product on the internet.
0: Yeah,
1: because um, that's what I've always done. And there's probably going to be other things down the road, but that's what's there now. There are.
0: You have so much time. <laughs> yeah. Just a reminder. Lots of time. <laughs> if you're done creating, I will be shocked.
1: <laughs> no, we're just we're slowing down, though. You know, it's been an interesting um, summer. I think after 2020, and then. I had a team or, you know, I grew my team and we worked on a lot of projects in the beginning of the year. And then I kind of took a summer break. I was like, I'm going to finish my book edits and then I'm going to rest a little bit. Hey and girl. it's interesting because that's so counterintuitive. It's always about like the next thing. So that's been kind of against my nature, but also so necessary. It's given me so much clarity. So anyways.
0: You know what happens? I, I, You probably know something. We've talked about this, but every week when I rest, every time... They have a day of rest, I always grieve something mm. because I'm moving so fast the rest of my week mm-hmm. that if my feelings get hurt or something goes sideways, like, oh, I'll f- think about it on Saturday Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'll get to it, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if there will be some gifts for you mm-hmm. in your resting of mm-hmm. helping you kind of feel to the end of some of the things yep. and and be ready to build new things again. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, I think when you slow down or even when you give yourself the gift of a pause, like that's, I feel like even this whole year has been, a gift of a pause in some areas, not only professionally, but also personally, like it's so natural when something goes sideways to want to like fix it or like get it back or hurry up into the season. And it's actually like been the opposite where I'm like, I'm going to pause for a while and like be ready for those next things. And in that, you know, there is like what I was saying earlier, there's those unexpected gains that can come through that, whether that's clarity or learning to like your life. I almost titled my second book, Like Your Life, and then yeah. people were like, no. But it's <laughs> like, thanks for, like, crushing my dreams. But <laughs> but I think there's this, you know, I think sometimes we have this expectation of, like, love your life. And sometimes life doesn't feel very lovable. Right. And when you rest, sometimes you realize, like, oh, this part's really hard, or this part's really bugging me, or I'm not handling this well, or I'm grieving X, Y, and Z. And um, so I've really been trying to lean into, like, okay, there may, not, there may be things I don't absolutely love I mean I have every single thing that I want yet in this season or Uh but can I build a life I really like like can I sit on my back patio and read a book under the bistro lights that you were talking about earlier yes with my husband and be like this is good and appreciate the things because I think sometimes we can get so caught up in what we have not yet built or what we have not yet achieved or what milestone we haven't hit that we don't even really take the time to sit down and like our life Mm -hmm. even if there's things we aren't quite loving so that's been the challenge I think for me in this season of rest not only in terms of work but also just taking I took a whole year to just kind of like rest in terms of personal and professional and give myself permission to pause in certain things and I think in that process it taught me there's some really good things about life and it's okay to be bored
0: and that's super
1: unnatural to say
0: yeah (laughs)
1: and uh but yeah I mean I think to have margin in our life, like we have everything at our fingertips. Yeah. And it's so easy to just distract. And so this has been a year where I'm like trying to lean into just being okay with being bored. Yeah. Which seems polar opposite to having fun. Yeah. But I think boredom can actually teach us how to have fun. You know, it teaches right. us how to imagine, right. how to dream, how to be present. And so there's something to when you let go of a good thing or when something good goes wrong yeah. or. You're in a season of kind of in between or almost, but not quite, and you're just trying to figure it out. I think there's this opportunity to lean into, like, can I find the good in the board, And can, can I have fun in the boredom, the even if it's not entertaining?
0: That is such a good question. Can I find the good in the board? Mm. Yeah, because I don't like being bored.
1: Yeah, same. At all. Yeah.
0: Same, same. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm going to have to now. You're making me get bored. Well, I mean,
1: I don't want to be bored very long. I'm good with boredom for like 11 minutes. and I, then I'm I was going like, to
0: be like, can I do like an hour yeah. of boredom and then call you? Cause that'd be about as much. Yeah. As in. But I think
1: just allowing some margin, I think is really what, if, if anything came out of the last year, I think we all learned to appreciate margin and, and space. And yeah. so it's kind of learning, how does that integrate back with the speed of life, picking back up and yeah. things changing again, but I think clinging to that, even just what you said, like developing these rhythms in your life. You know, I do this on Saturdays or I do this on Wednesdays. We used to do that so faithfully for so long. We like would turn our devices off and just sit in our little farmhouse with mice running around everywhere. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah. Except for the mice. Except for the mice. Except yeah, for I the mice. But, you know, and, and that was a good discipline. And now I I try, I still try to do that pretty regularly and not, it's not to the same degree and we need to do that more because it was so life-giving, but even just like I'm gonna stay off social media one day of the weekend. Yep. I don't have to post every single day. I don't need to be checking yep. in every single day. So just whatever that could look like. I'm not gonna check email one day a week or I'm not gonna do XYZ. I think those simple rhythms can even just be they, they open up a little bit of margin for boredom or just yeah. like imagining or wondering or conversing or you know, certain
0: things that otherwise I we may not that. do. Um, Jordan, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure we cover?
1: Wow, I feel like we covered a lot. We
0: really did. I feel like we've. We did like a little mice trap. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me how I feel about the mice again.
1: No, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, um, man, I, you know, I really feel like this has been so life giving for me and it's been so fun to get to share just a lot of ideas that I think I've held and I think that we maybe all can relate to in our own ways. Yes. Um, and I think it's so fun to be in a room and feel like, wow, I can connect with people in, in yes. person and to feel like. I'm not alone and I'm not the only one who's wondered this or thought this or had these very strange frustrations and yes. all of that. So
0: there are pieces of this conversation that I promise you, I will never forget. Hmm. Same. I am very, very thankful to you. Hmm. Um, the last question we always ask, you've done this before because you've been on the show, <laughs> but because the show is called that sounds fun. Tell me what sounds fun to you.
1: Gosh, so many things sound fun to me, but as I think about it in the like, season that we're in, it's summertime. I think what sounds really fun is being on a boat with all my best friends. Yes. Having the best food. Like, I have had to cut out, like, gluten and dairy and all the fun things. And so right. if I could just have, like, donuts. I actually did <laughs> eat some mac and cheese back there. Oh, I yeah. I felt like I broke a rule. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Anyway, but, like, best food, best friends, on a boat, on a lake, fireworks at night. Like, that would fireworks be Fireworks at
0: night. Yeah. Fireworks at night are my There's my something special language. about Yes. <laughs> there
1: is. My dad's a pyromaniac. Like, he actually is. Great. It's a little bit scary sometimes and then my father-in-law's a firefighter so that's okay that worked out
0: fine yeah. you really did that right we
1: balanced it yeah well, yeah, yeah that was well but done. we've always done like a massive firework display every fourth of july so growing up that was like a special thing so with this yeah. time of year i just been thinking about that and like yes. that just sounds so fun oh
0: i agree um friends will you please thank jordan lee Dooley for being with us today <laughs> thank you. Oh, you guys, isn't she just the best? My gosh, Jordan, you're brilliant. We love you. You're brilliant. We love you. Uh, If you guys are not following her yet, go follow her right now. I tell her thanks for being on the show today. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today. Friends, go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here on Wednesday as our final week of live shows continues with the dudes from Dadville. Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin. Y'all aren't ready. We'll see you on Wednesday.